Welcome to Sixers GM Podcast. I'm Josh Mosco with Zach Mosco, and we are eight days away from the NBA draft. Brian Paul Colangelo is out as Sixers GM, and it's a good time to be in Philadelphia. Zach, how is your Wednesday going? It's going pretty well. Just got back from a two-hour drive home from work, but couldn't stop thinking about the Sixers mm. and um, the Hinkster and getting rid of uh, Jerry's son. Yeah, and so for those of you who have been in a cave and don't know what Twitter is, Brian Colangelo and his wife, Barbara, um, have been accused and somewhat convicted of creating burner Twitter accounts, which are essentially uh, fake Twitter accounts where they pretended to you know, be someone else and have criticized Sam Hankey, criticized um, Brett Brown. They also criticized Embiid, Markel Fultz. Um, and most disrespectful of all, they, they, they uh, he, she, or they have uh, disrespected Jaleel Okafor. So, yeah, uh, that hit that hit me pretty hard. Yeah, Josh is trying to get but by. Keep, in, keep, but keep in mind this: the whole burner, Burnergate 2018. Um, none of this was supposedly so far. None of it's illegal. Like it's not illegal according to Twitter or anything. You have the right to have that, but maybe there's some conflict with the Sixers, but. but what he did was just wrong and disrespectful and malpractice as a GM. So not in the best interest of his own team. And so that's why he was let go or in other words, like, like Hinky, they forced him out. So he technically resigned. Yeah. I think few players in a few, few managers and GMs in sports do something that's illegal um, to ultimately either resign or be fired. I think usually it's, they do something that's either unethical or against team policy, or hurts the team, and I would argue that he did all three here um, by leaking some confidential information as well as criticizing the team um, and trying to just support his own ego. Do Do you think it was him? Do you think it was his wife? What do you What do you think happened? Um, I don't want to suppose too much. I know we got a bunch to talk about, but just bouncing off this real quick. I mean, I would just say that I don't think he's writing it, or. Maybe he started doing something or him and his wife started together. They just thought, you know, what the heck, let's just write some stuff. And then she took over. But the weird thing is, is the person who identified linked these accounts, some of it was written in, a t- in the username was part of the account info was Italian. His wife is an Italian citizen. So that's how they linked a lot of that together. And they interviewed them in separate rooms and hired one of the biggest law firms in Philly and New York. They have like thousands of employees and they made a whole thing out of this. It's surprising. And the day before they announced it, the morning before, maybe 12 hours before, they said Colangelo was off the hook. They said he was not at fault. But apparently, even if he's not at fault, they still had to get rid of him. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Draft coming up. We got Rashawn. We got TJ getting options. Josh, let me hear it. Yeah, so Rashawn and TJ both got, uh, you know, their, their options were picked up for the upcoming season. I think the options aren't guaranteed until the middle of January. Um, there were about a million and a half dollars each. Um, and so if the Sixers decide, you know, at some point before middle of January that they want to cut either player, they could save, uh, whatever the prorated amount would be of that million and a half. Um, yeah, I think it's great. So which I think one's, it, a, which one's more of a steal? Um, I mean, Rashawn is my favorite Sixer, but I think, uh, if you interviewed all GMs, uh, including Burnergate GMs, they would say that um, TJ is a more valuable asset in this league. I mean, we saw it even a year and a half ago with the Cavs trying to, to pick him up 
Uh, it was actually about a year ago. It was the end of last season, so just over a year ago. Um, and that was before he, he killed it this season. So I think uh, I think they're both very deserving, but if the Sixers can pick up TJ for a million and a half dollars, you know, there's no reason to pay him more. But is, that, is he like a four or five, three, four, five million dollar player if he was free agent? Or what do you think? I mean, if he, if anybody he was a free else agent who this has year, thoughts, think about that too. Yeah, if he was a free agent this year and with the cap at nearly um, $100 million, I think, uh, and, and not too many uh, free agents this year compared to last year and the year prior, yeah, I think a team would give him 3 or $4 million. I mean, you look at what some of the I – mean, I know it's it's a different situation, but two years ago what uh, some of the, the Bobo, uh, Delva, Dova type guys got, um, you know, I think uh, most people would say that TJ now is better than Delva Dova was two years ago when he got mm. his contract. Um, and he's, he's the hardest working player in the league. He – uh, at least on the court, he well, dies for every ball. And, and he said there was a breakout coming today on Twitter. You see that? He was tweeting out 11 hours ago. He said, hashtag breakout coming. Everyone went crazy. It was like his most liked tweet ever no, getting but, up there. No, but I've seen him on a few ads recently. I saw him on a jewelry ad and a nice T-shirt ad. But I think I think a lot of Sixers are doing that on Instagram. Mm. His, his Twitter is something better than Colangelo's Twitter. You see this? Uh, Colangelo's real Twitter or Colangelo's second Twitter where he tried to find, you know, updates yeah, on the true. league or his four other ones. I guess league. it's not fair because he has Colangelo has more chances to have a better Twitter. But yeah. I know you're getting hyped to see Incredibles too. You see Rashawn's post about that. I thought that was hilarious. I did, yeah. He said, uh, what did he say? He, he said, says, I'm stiff arming all the kids on the way to see Incredibles 2 Friday. And I got 2,000 likes. Yeah, that's amazing. It's kind of crazy <sighs> to me. His whole life and, you know, being so young and married and being a good father at this age and three-year-old kid. Yeah. And he's what? 25. It's crazy. Um, what else did we have on today's agenda? I know we wanted to talk a little bit about potential picks for this year. Any swaps we were thinking about that was going to happen or any big news or any updates with, um, LeBron or, Folds, or if there's a million things we can talk about. Yeah. So, what's your outlook on the uh, the draft? This you know we're a week away. Yeah, I mean, I think that seeing the draft is in seven days, twenty hours, forty five minutes. Who's counting? Um, that we're all hyped, but we don't exactly know what's going to happen. So, I mean, do you think that Phoenix pick will be swapped, traded down? No, they said I... they might. They're they're most likely going to hold it. Uh, no, I think it's uh, it's pretty rare for people to, to trade top picks. Um, and I think the... Sixers. What'd you say? Sixers. No, I'm saying that, that I think that the Suns won't trade their pick. Right. Um, but they, but that's what happened last time. Celts gave that up pretty quick. Yeah. And look I mean, who got the better into that I would deal. argue that's recently, recency bias, that if you look across the last... 30 years, it's very rare for a team to trade a top three pick, um, especially with the position that the Suns are in. It's not like they're the Cavs when they um, drafted Anthony Bennett where you know they could afford to um, trade that pick away, which obviously they didn't end up doing. But, you know, teams that jump, like they, they didn't jump. They were the worst team this past season record-wise. So it's not like they're in a position with Josh Jackson where they can just sort of drive from a lower pick. Um, so I think, no, I think they'll keep it. I think for the Sixers, uh, they're in a good position at 10. There are some, some guys, both the bridges will be there. 
Mikel Bridges, I, I've always really liked. I think he's very athletic, could be a 3-and-D type guy. Um, I think, though, just to throw this out there, Sixers going number one. My reasons is obviously that would be silly, but I'm saying because they've never traded any of their future picks so far this year, and they have those two firsts and three seconds and then two firsts and two seconds in 2019 and what else? one first and three seconds for 2020. So we, I think I agree. We're in a good position right now. We're, we're rocking. We got that, you know, but I think for picks wise, we're in a good place. Like obviously we got a little bit chipped on the draft this year, but I don't think anybody's going too crazy because of that. Meaning the 2018 draft or 2017 draft? Or 2018 draft coming up. How do we get chipped? But you know, you think the Lakers should have been worse? We could have gotten a little bit better of a pick this year. No, but the Lakers had the tenth worst record. It makes sense that they have the tenth yeah. pick. We're just used but, to we're just used to good luck coming our way the last couple of years in the draft, and uh, not keeping in mind twenty fourteen when we were worse than expected or twenty. Uh, my only possible 15. spot where I think the Suns pick could go is maybe the Bulls. I know it's a little bit of a hard sell, but they could. You know, they have something like. Markkinen, Levine, Jerry and Grant, if you want to extend a little bit of love to the Grant family. Um, so, you know, I but I don't know as much as what they have. I mean, I guess they have to give up a bunch of future picks and other stuff, but that's the only place I see it going. I know it's a little bit of a stretch, but so I guess with that being said, I really don't see the Suns doing anything with this pick. Yeah, it'll be interesting too for the Sixers to see what happens if Brett Brown is, uh, you know, the commander-in-chief come the draft. Right. Because he might have a different approach than what Colangelo would have taken and obviously what Hinky would have taken. What Hinky would have done, I think what Hinky would have done was at this point he would have traded for future first round picks and, and stashed them overseas. Because, you know, as you know, we have four or five guys from the last three, four seasons who uh, are playing overseas that might be late first round picks and early second round picks, but could uh, could ultimately be something. It could be worth with something, you know, Dario uh, is in a little bit of a different situation in that he was drafted at 10, but um, uh, 10 or 12, uh, no, uh, 12 or 14. Um, but that's one approach. I think I think Colangelo uh, might have been a little bit more content, uh, you know, staying put where he is, not being too aggressive. I mean, obviously he made the trade for Fultz. But I, I think, you know, he sees the Sixers are in a stable position, so he might not have done that. Uh, and then Brett Brown, we don't know. He, you know, he hasn't had the the management experience, even on the Spurs, you know, being behind, if anything, Pop, but obviously their whole general management team there. So uh, I think it'll be interesting. But do, we think, but do we think he was getting this big of a deal and this, you know, this long of a deal? I know half the people like to say, oh, the Sixers didn't win more than – what, uh, one game the last round? Oh, it's Brett Brown's fault. Get rid of him. Just like, you know, the Raptors got rid of their coach. A little bit different of a situation. But no, they won. is Brett really who we need, or we, we don't know yet who we need? They won two. They won 10 games in the 2015-2016 season. This is the 2017-2018 season. That's two years later. Um, so to make that type of jump, yeah, it would have been nice to, uh, you know, put up a few games on the Celtics, but ultimately, you know, we saw tremendous growth this season and it wasn't just because we picked up two veterans because obviously Amir did little, you know, pretty, pretty, he was pretty insignificant, especially in the playoffs and, and JJ did have a really good season, but you know, I think they would have, uh, they would have done almost as well without him. 
um, just because some of the guys, maybe TLC, you know, those type of guys would have had some larger role. So, no, overall, I think everyone loves Brett Brown, and I th- I'm just glad that they didn't bail on him on, on that 10-win season, you know, three years ago. So with, I guess with some closing thoughts, two things. First, LeBron. Second, who is the most likely sixer or sixers, but two sixers to be moved hmm. this offseason? So I still don't think LeBron's leaving. I know um, they obviously got swept in the NBA Finals, but uh, I, I think it did have a negative impact on his reputation when he went to Miami. And for him to do that again uh, – Unless, especially if he goes to a team that's contending, like if he goes to the Spurs or if he goes to the Rockets, uh, I think that'll hurt his legacy. If he comes to the Sixers and the Sixers win an NBA championship, then it's interesting because then he did go to a, a promising team. You know, most reports have the Sixers at four, five, six, somewhere around that range next season. So it's not like he, he went to, you know, the Lakers. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, I think that would help his reputation. So I don't think it's worth the risk at this point. I think people already see him as the best player of, of his generation. Um, you know, likely the best player since uh, MJ. You know, some people would say Kobe's better, but I, I guess that's uh, sort of up to your own opinion. Um, so I, I guess that's my answer with LeBron. And then second, players who I think will be moved. I mean, I, I would just... Because I know... Because I know Barkley said there was no way. If you're watching that today, he said no way. Obviously, you know Barkley doesn't know everything, but so I don't fully know. I guess I think LeBron is not. If it's anywhere, I don't think it's Sixers. I have no, I have no idea where. Everyone's trying to, to guess it now because it's all the hype. But yeah. I agree, he'll stay in Cleveland. But he has to. They have to get someone big. I think Love's gone, and we're going. We're getting. We're getting someone else. We need a point guard. But who who, who do you think is moving on the Sixers? Anybody? Yeah, I would look to the end of the bench. I think Jared Bayless is is going to be gone. Um, I think. How about significance? You think Dario's here to stay? Covington? I read that you could package Covington, Dario, Fultz for CJ McCollum and whoever the next best player was on the on the Trailblazers besides Dame. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I do think Covington and Sarge could both be very valuable pieces depending on the surrounding cast. So yeah, I could see them getting more value than they would provide in the Sixers. Fultz, I don't think has had a, um, enough time to prove what he's capable of. He came back in the regular season for a few games and, and really uh, shined in a couple of them before injuring Embiid. Um, so I don't think they trade him for that reason. And then as far as like end of the bench players, like I was saying, besides Bayless, you know, you could get rid of Justin Anderson uh, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if um, TLC was moved in like a second mm-hmm. round type deal. You know, he, he's, I agree with those too. It's sort of like a Nick Stauskas type thing. Cork Miles, I could see having playing more minutes and really developing because obviously, you know, last season was his first season really in the league. Uh, or I could also see him playing overseas or like some some type of. Uh, you know, maybe D League move where he he really grows. He's still young. He still has potential. So that's sort of my outlook on uh, 2019. Sounds good to me. Uh, any final closing remarks before we uh, shut it down for the night? No, I mean everyone should uh, listen to this. Go to our Facebook Sixers GM, Twitter Sixers GM. I made a pretty dope uh, little piece of artwork here. Everybody got to check out. Dope piece Burger of artwork. Gate 2018. Shit. 
All right, this has been the Sixers GM Podcast. I'm Josh Mosco with Zach Mosco. Uh, soon to have um, some interesting guests coming on the podcast. Stay tuned. Uh, we don't really know who's coming on. I'm just saying that for fun. Um, and we'll see you soon.